0: All right, all right. What's up, Rock Church? How we doing? <laughs> you're good? Hey, if you are a guest with us this morning, super glad that you chose to be here today. If you're watching online, I want to welcome you as well. Thank you for checking in wherever it is you're checking in from. So Labor Day weekend, right? We're into it. Um, happy Labor Day. Uh, college football is back in full swing, so yeah. Um, <laughs> That's happening. And uh, so this next week, we kick off a brand new series. Uh, we have our Women's Woven event, another session of Pathway. Yes, lots going on at The Rock. It's going to be a fantastic fall here. And so I hope you get connected, uh, become part of all that we have going on. Today, we're finishing up this series called Unleashed. Um, before I jump into content, uh, I want to do a little announcement. I don't typically like to do announcements up front, but this is really important So, I'm going to uh, ask for your participation. So, how many of you know that we have officially started on Friday, September 1st, our 30 days of prayer? You familiar with this? Huh? That was pretty lame. Um, You guys don't like prayer? I don't know what to do with that because I'm about to talk about it for 30 minutes. (laughs) I just got nervous. Hey, 30 days of prayer, really important, because here's what we have decided to do. As we come out of this series and go into the fall, we're just really trusting that if we would commit to God in prayer as a church family, that God would honor that and move in really powerful ways. His presence, the Spirit would usher in, in our families, in our marriages, in our kids, in our community. So we're asking you to help us make this happen and sign up for a, listen, 30-minute slot. We've got... 24 hours a day, we broke them into uh, half-hour slots. And and I will tell you this, just the Conway location alone, if everyone who's part of Conway location and our online audience would all go out and take a spot, we would completely fill up every day. And so, you know, I looked, we had our first three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, full, and complete transparency on, you know, Friday early morning, I signed up for the first day, 3 a.m., Okay, because I'm not just asking you to do it. I am actively participating. Um, set my alarm for 2:59. <laughs> Rolled out of bed, prayed for 30 minutes, right back to bed. Um, I was looking and saw that tonight at 1 a.m. there's a spot, so I took it. Again, I'm asking you guys: 30 minutes, 30 minutes through the month of September, find a slot. If you have the Church Center app, go on the Church Center app, go to 30 Days of Prayer, click on that and pick a day, find a spot that's still open. You can go out to our connect wall right here um, if you're physically with us and sign up. I'm just, can we do this? I mean, I feel like we can, and I feel like God will honor that. I'm asking you, because I don't want to take all the open slots every day. (laughs) I've got a a family and a life too. So let's knock that out. All right, let's, let's jump into some content here. So we are wrapping up this series called Unleashed, and we're talking about, we have talked about the priority of prayer and the power of prayer, and last week, the practice of prayer. This week, we're going to talk about the problem with prayer. And listen, one of our, and for sure, my problems with prayer is that that God doesn't always do what I want him to do, and then I don't know how to respond, right? Like, when you don't give your kids what they want, I'm like, I don't know what to do because God said no. Um, Because I want to believe that God is good and that God is all powerful, but sometimes I also believe that if he was, he he would just do what I ask, right? Too honest? That's what I get sometimes. Uh, Have you ever been disappointed with a, a response or an answer that you got, or, or lack thereof, right? So I, I you know, I, I prayed for the really cute girl to say yes, and she didn't. Um, I prayed for my team, right, to win, and they lost, right? Like I have this reoccurring prayer because, I, and I know where I'm at in the country. I'm aware, but I'm a Cowboys fan. Um, I grew up in Oklahoma City, I know. Yeah, you don't even have to boo me because they always blow it, right? Every year in playoffs, we disappointed again. Um, So I I know, man. Uh, Our state was in prime time last night and struggled a little bit, so I know. It's been a a week. Um, You prayed that she would stay and fight for the marriage, and she walked. You prayed for the job opportunity, right? You applied for it, and you worked so hard, and it didn't happen. So, so back in October of 19, right, right, in, like the calm before the storm that was global pandemic hit. You guys remember this? Anyone? Um, in October, our family went through our, our own little storm. So, so at that time, I'm living in Dallas. Uh, my family lives in the Oklahoma City area. So that's like from here to Charlotte, three-hour drive, um, but I was actually in Orlando for a conference. And so while I'm in Orlando for the conference, uh, and I just, just got started, so my mom calls. And she's like, hey, your, your dad's acting weird. And to give you some context, um, my dad, that previous winter in January, we'd gone skiing up in Colorado, and like, he, he's still beating like all of us and the grandkids down the mountain. like he's just crazy good shape and, and just worked hard his whole life, so it's really great. Um, but she gives me this call. And it's like, hey, your dad's acting weird. Um, He's like, he's been in a couple fender benders uh, that were strange. Uh, He was putting on his jacket the other night, and like, he couldn't figure out how to get his left arm through, like, he didn't know what to do. Like, he was just looking at it, like, what's happening? So I'm like, that's not normal and or good. Um, Yeah, you should totally get him in and get him looked at. So like, immediately, like, the next day, they're in to the doctor to get some brain scans and uh, comes back. He's got brain tumor, Um, and, and like the worst kind, right, like the one you Absolutely, do not want. Um, If you're familiar, glioblastoma, which is like the really aggressive. Like, once you find out you have that, like, you almost get a death sentence. It's like 12, 15 months on average survival rate from that. So, so like immediately they they schedule surgery. Like, I'm still in Orlando. Like, this is happening fast like we got to get him in right away so a few days later he's going to go in for surgery and when they do surgery for that like they go in and clearly they try to cut out the tumor without getting into healthy tissue so they don't impact memory and movement but, but it's an aggressive kind so it gets quickly into healthy tissue so they're like it's going to be a fight uh not a great prognosis but we're going to get after it and it was interesting because I, I got there um the night before surgery and we're all sitting in uh, the room waiting room before he goes in. And like most of his life, he was not a Christian. When I grew up, my dad was not a follower of Jesus at all. Um, didn't pray, not super encouraging type guy for much of my life, but, but he'd had to switch late in life. So, so it's funny, I come in, he's like, hey, we need to pray. I'm like, we do need to pray. Um, and he's like grabbing the nurse. He's like, my kid's a pastor, we're all going to pray. So he's like, he has us pray. So we did. And, and he goes through surgery. And again, they, they cut as much as they can healthy. And he comes out, um, we're ready for the fight. He had to actually get a hole drilled in his head because he had some swelling. But, but uh, we're ready for what's going to come next. So then I'm back down in Dallas, hanging out the next couple days before I'm going to go back up again. And, and I'm in a, actually I'm in a preaching team meeting with our preaching team there, preparing for an upcoming weekend. We're praying for the family and for what's going to come and the fight we're about to be in. And, and then my phone rings, right? And I look at it, and it's my mom. I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, um, he just had surgery. I should go check. So I said, give me a minute. I'm going to walk out. And, um, and I get on the phone, and she's just hysterical. And I'm like, mom, what's going on? And she's like, your dad, he's had post-operation complications. He's gotten into cardiac arrest. I'm like, okay, have um, you let the nurse know? Are they, are they coming in? She's like, they have been. They've been with him for a while. He's not responding. And they want to know if they can stop. And so, like, for me, like, I'm trying to process, right? I'm like, okay, because this just hits me. I'm like, what's going on? My mind's reeling. I'm like, are you asking me to um, tell you it's okay to tell them to stop? And just weeping, she's like, yeah. and I'm like, it's okay, Mom. You can, you can tell them to let him go. And then I walk back in to the preaching team and say, he's gone. That quick. Um, When you have those moments, right? If you've been there, and and most of you at some point have, it can often cause you to wrestle with prayer, right? Like the purpose of prayer. Why, Why did I even pray? The power, the effectiveness of prayer. Okay, could God have done something? And if He could, why didn't He? So have you ever been disappointed with prayer? And let's pull back and talk about a few things. I'll lighten the mood for a minute. I think there's. A few things that impact our prayer life that, that can become a problem for our prayer life. One for short is just this. Let's just talk simply busyness, right? Like we are a busy, distracted people. Um, I believe the stats are that as a country, America, we work more hours than any other nation and take less vacation by, by far, not even like a close second. Um, smartphones, Social media, streaming services, we have apps for everything. You could be distracted always. So sometimes it's just we don't make time to talk to God or to take our requests to him. So that's one. I think sometimes it's confidence. We just, we lack confidence. Like we're not really sure what to pray or, or what we should say if we were and if God would even listen, right? Like maybe he listens to the pastor. I don't know about me. So sometimes it's just a confidence thing. Sometimes we don't have faith, right? We just, if we're honest, we simply don't believe that God is going to answer our prayer. Like he could, I think, but he probably won't. And then um, disappointment. Maybe you've been disappointment, disappointed. God didn't answer a really big prayer you had before Doubt he's going to answer now, right? It's like, I just, I, just, I don't want to get my hopes up because I don't want to get them crushed once again. So I think those are some things. I, I especially want to talk about the last two uh, losing faith and being disappointed here in just a moment as we talk about the problem with prayer. But before we get there, let's look at a few verses. All right, Acts chapter twelve. If you like to follow along, let's set this up first, and then we'll talk. So, so in Acts chapter twelve, here's here's what's going on in Acts twelve. You've got the early church that is here praying for some of its leaders, right, the early church leaders, who are being um, attacked, right, they're under attack. So, for instance, James. James, who was one of Jesus' close followers, right, one of his inner circle, the brother of John, has been put to death by King Herod, right? So this is real stuff. This leader in the church has now died. And then Peter, again, maybe familiar with Peter, right-hand man to Jesus, also helping lead the early church, he's been arrested, And we're told in verse 3 of Acts 12 that that it's because Herod had noticed how much it really pleased the crowd, the peoples there, whenever he had James put to death. So he snatches up Peter's well and has Peter arrested. Okay, that's what's going on. Here's what we read in verse 5. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Okay, so here's the picture. Herod has Peter thrown in prison, probably intending to put him to death. So the church is like, okay, game on, right? Like, if that's your play, arrest and execute our guys, well, then we counter with prayer, right? We'll pray, uh, don't let him get our guy, right? You don't get to take out our guy. So, so they're going to start praying. Now, here's what we're about to see. They may not have actually been expecting that God was going to answer that prayer, but they do get busy praying. And and before we go on, can I just point something out as a side note because I love it in this section here um, in in Acts 12. Peter Peter is going to trial. Like that's going to happen. Going to trial soon. Most likely going to be put to death. And what is he doing? Look at what we read in verse 6. The night before, Herod was to bring him to trial. Peter was come oh, on, man, sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. So first I would say, that's a lot of security for one guy who has a background in fishing, right? He's not special forces. He's not a Navy SEAL. He's not UFC fighter. He's fisherman, um, and, and what I love is this little commentary, that group gives us here, that Peter is about to go to trial soon. And what's he doing? Sleeping. What? Like, who does that, man? Um, He's taking a nap, potentially moments, before he's about to be executed. Who? Answer, someone that really trusts God is in control, right? Peter's like, I might be going to heaven soon, right? Like, I would hate to be tired and worn out when I got there because there's going to be a lot to go see and do. It's like Disneyland on crack, whatever, right? Um, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I didn't say that in any other services. Um, <laughs> it's like, anyway, I need to get in a power nap um, because I got a big day coming up. So like, I don't know how you read your Bible. That's how I read it, and it's always entertaining. <laughs> All right, back, back to our story. Um, so while Peter is is waiting to go to trial the believers in the city. They're all huddled up in this this house and they are praying for him, praying, praying, praying. And then sometime in the middle of the night, right, as the countdown timer is on for for potential Peter's execution, an angel, an angel shows up and stages a jailbreak, pops Peter out and, and frees him, okay? Issue is the believers Back in the house that are praying, they don't know about that, right? They're not aware of what has happened with Peter in prison. So here's what we pick up reading in verse 12 with our story. So we're told, verse 12, when this had dawned on him, that being Peter realizing, oh, I'm not dreaming, right? This isn't a dream, but this is actually happening, jailbreak. So when it dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many had gathered and were praying. Okay, so just imagine, what were they praying? Right? We don't know for sure, but I imagine if I'm praying, knowing that Peter is potentially about to be put to death, I would be praying, get him out, God. Let's go get him out. Except maybe like, maybe like in a hush voice, like, get him out, God, because I don't want to get arrested and thrown in prison too, so get him out, but don't arrest me. Right, whatever. Okay, so we read in verse 13 then, Peter knocked. Knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door, which this is one of the funniest scenes in Scripture if you've not read this before. Rhoda comes to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that she ran back without opening it, <laughs> right? I mean, dude just busted out of prison, and she leaves him standing in the street, um, She ran back without opening and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. You are out of your mind. (laughs) Crazy, is is what they respond. This is what they tell her. So again, picture this. Um, Back in the prayer meeting, they're all huddled up together praying, get him out, get him out. Come on, God, you got to get him out. Rhoda comes running in and she's like, he's (laughs) outside right now. And they're like. Who's outside? What are you talking about? She's like, Peter, he's at the gate. They're like, you're crazy. And we're told then, when she kept insisting, she says, it's him, it's him, you got to believe me. She kept insisting that it was so. Here's what they said. It must be his, what's the word? Angel. Angel. Okay. On a scale of one to 10, 10 being awesome one being awful. Um, How strong is their faith in prayer right now, right? Everyone participate. You won't need both hands for this one, I promise. (laughs) What do you grade them? Maybe a one, zero. They don't even get a hand. Let's go. Come on, guys. That's right. (laughs) Zero. Okay. Um, Anybody see the problem here? They think he's dead, right? Like, ow, oh, no, nah, it's just his angel, Rhoda. Don't be silly. Our prayers didn't work. Um, and, and unless we're too quick to be critical of them, ha- has anyone in here been that person? Where, where, like, you prayed because you were supposed to, but in your heart, right, you, you really weren't thinking anything was going to happen, right? Like, I'll pray, God. Because I know I'm supposed to, and I even, I, I love Jesus, and so I want to be obedient, so I'm praying, but I don't think it's going to make a difference. Like, this thing is too far gone. This situation has become so dark that I don't even know if, if you can do anything about it, or, or even if you want to. And, okay, think with me through this. Um, if the church, right, the early believers are gathered up praying for God to rescue Peter, then, track with me, they were probably praying for God to rescue James, right? Like, I don't feel like that's a stretch to you, to assume they probably prayed for James as well, also a key leader in the church, and that ended really poorly with him getting run through with the sword. Right? Like, this is real. James has been killed as a leader in the church. Tyler Staten writes this in his book, Pray Like Monks he says, why would God respond miraculously to prayer for Peter but be silent when it came to James? Both guys were part of Jesus' inner circle. If God has the power and ability to stage a prison break for Peter and deliver him from a death sentence, then why let James die? Or I think we could reverse that and say, okay, if God let James die and didn't deliver him from a prison sentence, then, then why would he save Peter? So, so they're praying for sure, right? They're, they're busy praying, but it appears that they don't expect that God's actually going to answer the prayer they're praying. Have right? you been there? Like, like listen, man, um, I get it. I'm not, I'm not even judging them, right? How many of us, if we're honest, sometimes we struggle to trust God with prayer? And again, go back to a couple of our earlier points. Sometimes, we, we just lack faith. Maybe God's not into the saving leaders in the church business right now. Maybe he's not paying attention to my marriage or my kids spiraling. We just don't believe that God really is going to answer our particular prayer. In, in Mark chapter 9, um, there's this really powerful story about this dad that's got a little boy that's sick. He's, he's possessed by an evil spirit, and so he can't talk. And it causes him to go into seizures, like it thrashes him around, throws him in water, throws him in fire, trying to apparently take the little boy's life. And um, dad, I I imagine it, dad is just exhausted, right? Um, Probably feeling helpless. Any parents been there where you're just, I'm trying so hard, and maybe it's a tough season, just I'm exhausted, I don't know what to do. He explains what's going on to Jesus, and then he has this, this really, this moment and requests of honesty. And and I appreciate the guy's honesty because here's what he said. And I hear this as him being just exasperated and overwhelmed and feeling defeated. He says, but if, if you can do, listen, anything, right? Like like anything at all, really, he, he might not even be asking for complete and total healing. He might just be like, if I could just get a little help at this point because Others have tried. Nobody's been successful. Um, Not even sure right now that you can, but if, by chance, you could do anything, take pity on us and help us. And if you know the story, Jesus is like, really? Like, if? I mean, come on, man. Like, surely you are here making the request because you're aware of, like, my power and the things that I've done. So he says, everything is possible for one who believes. And then we get the really honest response from dad. Like, I I just, I appreciate dad here. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I I do believe, sort of, kind of, I want to. Help me. Come on, man. Help me in this moment overcome my unbelief. Again, I I love his transparency. And I can't speak for anybody, any of you in the room. But I can tell you for sure that even as pastor, man, who really loves Jesus and fully believes in him, there have been moments, right, seasons and situations where I just like, my faith was weaker than others. And I wondered if God could or would do anything. Because like I've seen, I know the stories, I've heard, been around them of God moving, And healing and opening a door where I'm like, there seemed to be no way. How did you do that? And then I've also had moments where I just felt stuck, unheard, starting to lose faith that God would do something for this particular request I've been bringing over and over or that he would make a way where there seemed to be no way and just didn't have a lot of faith. And... And God's God's word is just so clear. Our faith matters to him, right? Right? It, It does matter. We read in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God, okay? Jesus heals a blind man in Matthew 9 and tells us, according to your faith, let it be done to you. So here's what I think. I think this is tricky, right? I mean, you got to understand how to thread this needle. Um, Our faith for sure matters, right? Like, apparently, it impacts our prayer life. So faith matters, and God is still God, right? Like, Like, God is not a button to be pushed. Like, once I level up to level 10 faith, bing, I push the button and get what I want. God's not a button to be pushed. He's a relationship to be pursued. And you should pray in faith. And then trust that he's joy really good and he's with you and he is for you. So sometimes lack of faith. Hang on to that. I'll come back. Sometimes we just, um, we don't want to get our hopes up again. We don't want to risk because I prayed for dad and it didn't work, being disappointed all over again. We pray, right? But we, we, we sort of lower the bar on our expectation, we lower the bar on the power of prayer from where Jesus said it. Like, Jesus puts it up here and move mountains. So I'm like, I'm going to put it down here so I can step over. And we talk to God sometimes like, like He's powerless to do anything much for us except maybe give you a pep talk. Like, hey, I'll give you the pep talk. Just think positive thoughts, right? Because if, if I don't hope, man, then at least I can't get hurt. At least I get that too. Totally get it. in fact, I, I want to encourage some of you in the room, if you've been there, because there's this parable in Luke chapter 18, and Luke actually sets the parable up and tells us this, verse one, and he told them a parable, so Jesus is telling the parable, to the effect that they always ought to pray and not lose heart, um, which, do not miss this, okay, don't miss it, would indicate that sometimes praying can result in losing heart heart. True? I mean, it would be honest enough to say, I've had that testimony. I started praying, and I, I kind of, as I did, lost heart. Jesus is saying that can happen because our timing's different. Maybe what we're asking is not what he's got planned, and so we can start to lose heart. He gets that. And he's saying, hang in there, hang in there, keep trusting. So here's what I, I want to do. Um, I hope you're in a great season but for a few of us that may have gone through the valleys and struggle, I, I just want to encourage you with a couple of thoughts. Maybe your faith is lacking right now. Maybe you're just not ready to get your hopes up. That's, that's awesome. In fact, my goal this morning is not to resolve anything, but to take you on a journey and just allow you some things. So here's what I want to encourage, though, a couple of us in the room. First thing is this. God is sovereign, Right? He's just sovereign, so God would stage a jailbreak for Peter in spite of the fact that the believers who are praying for him don't think that God will, right? Faith is important, absolutely, but do not miss this, God's sovereignty supersedes our faith. Hmm? The fact that God is in control is, is bigger and better and greater than my weakness, and again, just devotional, man, I've, like, I've had those seasons. I remember a season of ministry so hard, so dark, that between just the feeling of darkness and like the tears I wept, like I couldn't even see my hand in front of my face. And I'm pleading, right, to get him out of prison type prayers, like, come on, God. But in my heart, like I'm thinking, it's just over, and, and there's no way he gets to this one. And I'm just so glad, right? I'm just so glad that God's in control in spite of me. That when things feel really uncertain and I'm fairly shaky, that God's not abandoning me, but he's moving towards me. So hear me say, even if you're lacking faith in a season, that doesn't keep God from doing really great things in your life and for you. So God is sovereign. You got to trust. And then listen, God is sufficient. Here's where I want us to wind down. God is sufficient. So, so th- there are reasons, again, why God might not answer prayers. Craig Rochelle gives this really great list of some biblical reasons. Um, for instance, maybe what you have is a broken relationship. Okay, so, so uh, Jesus would say, if you come to the altar and you're wanting to make an offering for him, some sacrifice, but you've got drama going on in your marriage uh, with your coworker, your neighbor. He's like, you got to get out of line. Leave your offering there. Go take care of that. And for their day, it could be a day or two journey back. He's like, it doesn't matter. You go handle the broken relationship. Then you can come back, and you can make your offering. Meaning, if you're being a jerk to your spouse, to your kiddos, to your coworker, to your neighbor, um, you might not quite be ready for God to give you the promotion you're asking for. Go handle that. Um, could be wrong motives, right? Where are my students? Students in the room? Uh, not you, but some of your friends, maybe they come to church and they pray because there's a really cute girl or guy they're hoping will be interested and they're like praying and like, God, I'm coming and praying, but it's not working because he knows your heart. You're not fooling him, right? You have wrong motives. And he doesn't honor that. He wants you to grow in your motives. Uh, Maybe it's just uh, he's got something different, right? Just something different. Your request isn't bad. Your request isn't wrong. He's all for it. He just has a different plan for you. And all of those things are like biblical, legit reasons why God might not answer prayer. But reality, come on, reality is oftentimes we just don't know. Why did God not rescue James? Why did God not heal my dad or even extend some time? And the most honest answer that I can give you is, listen, I just, I don't know. I don't know. The purpose of prayer, you got to hear this. The purpose of prayer is not to get God to do your will or to do my will. Like God is a genie in a bottle and you just rub the lamp and give him your request and then eventually an angel shows up with your orders like, my pleasure, right? That's not how it works. The purpose of prayer, not to get God ultimately to do our will, but to get close to him, right? The purpose of prayer is relational. It keeps you close to God and realizing he's sufficient, he's really good. As I get close to him, I grow in ways that I don't even realize, and it's really beautiful. Because if you don't get that right, then it becomes really confusing. It's like, God does my will, and I get to hang out with him. Okay, then your prayer life will become confusing. It's powerful, and it's confusing if you go at it that way, right? So so the, the church asks God to rescue Peter, and jailbreak, awesome, powerful, the church asks for God to rescue James and run through with the sword. Confusing. You, you pray that, I don't know, the really cute girl or guy would ask you or take you or go with you to prom, and they say yes. Awesome, God, woo you're great. You pray earnestly, sincerely, on your face for God to heal. And to restore and to reconcile the marriage, hold the family together, and she walks away anyhow. Confusing. You pray for your dad. I pray for my dad for years, through middle school and high school and college, till I give up, and then others join in praying. And he finally comes to Christ late in life. Powerful. I pray for God to heal him from brain cancer, right? Give him a chance to fight. I mean, like, like he's—he's he's just retired, man. Like he's got plans. He worked so hard, for so long, and dies from post-operation complications. Doesn't even get a chance to fight or even say goodbye. Confusing. Listen, um, as you get close to God. And you just recognize and understand his his goodness and his grace and his promises and his hope and his love, it will make you so, so strong to endure. Like, uh, I remember right before um, we lost him and he passed away, my prayer life, it just gotten strong. Like, I just prayed um, all the time. Just, it was a way of life. Just talk to God whenever, when I'm driving, when I'm hanging out, just chat, go for these long prayer walks because I love to prayer walk and just talk to God, talk, talk. So, so really healthy. And, and listen, when he died so quickly, like I was frustrated, right? I'm like, come on, God. Like, like I have sacrificed so much. Like you couldn't have drugged this out just a little bit longer, Really? Well, at the same time, just I especially needed him and trusted him and wanted him to be close. You had that? Where you're like, God, I am so angry at you right now. Hold me. You know? Um, so so on that night, after he had surgery, the night of surgery, um, he spent the night in ICU and not, not even not even like a room. He got put in a holding area. And so, uh, first night I'm there. I'm gonna stay with him. I told my mom, "Go get some rest, because I'm, I'm here for a couple of days. So let me stay with him." So, so we're in the holding area in the ICU, and and like he, he's come out of the surgery and he's back awake now, and he's kind of amped up. And he's come out and he's on the meds and he's on the steroid, and so the swelling hasn't hit too bad yet. So he's just talk, 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 so much so that like the nurse in the ICU is like, "Hey." you have got to leave and quit bothering him so he can get some rest. I'm like, it's not me. Like, he's the one talking. I'm just here, man. She's like, nope, you got to go. So I'm like, fine. And I leave literally. And then like 30 minutes later, she's like, you've got to come back down here and deal with him because he is wearing me out. He won't stop talking. I'm like, I know, I told you it wasn't me. Um, so I come back and, uh, we're hanging out there in ICU and we're just talking and carrying on chatting till eventually he, he started to doze off and, and he fell asleep. And then the next day, he's talking to my mom. And, and he says this, and it's funny because I don't come from a hyper charismatic background. If you do, props. Um, I'm all for all the gifts of the spirit, man. Let's go. Dumbs, prophecy, healing, let's go. I believe that the spirit does what he wants, just not most of my experience. But he's talking about that in the middle of the night. He said he distinctly remembers this. He's like, I distinctly remember that we got down and sat on the ground, which by the way, we didn't. Um, he couldn't move. He had to stay right in his bed. But he's like, we sat down on the ground. And as we did, this, this cool breeze started blowing over us. And as that cool breeze blew over, he said he was finally able to get some relief and to rest. And then for the next couple of days before we lost him. Um, he, just, he just kept telling my mom, he's like, Hey, I just wish that that cool breeze would come back, man, because it made him feel better, right? Because his head hurt so much and his neck hurt and he was just nauseous a lot. And he's like, I just wish. And so my dad, who most of his life never prayed, prayed for God to heal his brain. And he prayed for that cool breeze. You know, in, in the aftermath, um, I thought about that, that conversation, um, and I realized, like, like, this is, like, from Genesis. Like, like this, this is the picture or the image of Adam walking with God in the garden, right? In the cool of the day with the breeze in his presence. And again, I'm not, I'm not hyper charismatic and stuff, but, like, I just, I just I fully believe um, that was God saying, I got him, Right? He he will be fine. Death has no hold on him. He gets new life and he gets new hope in the cool of the garden with me forever. And I still don't know the why, man. (laughs) Like I'm working on that. It'll take a while. But man, I just am fully aware of the closeness and the goodness of God. He is sufficient. And here's what I want someone to hear today. Um, I'm giving you some permission if you need this. God can handle your brutal honesty. Do you know that? Like he watches Jesus from the cross cry out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He can handle your frustration, and he's not going to spiral and leave you. He's big enough to handle our praise And our frustration. And and listen, the Bible never promises, right? You will not go through deserts or difficulties, but time and prayer that is relational will, will help you get through the desert, remind you that never will He leave you, never will He forsake you, and help you trust that God turns dry parched deserts into springs of living water even if not how we imagined. So here's, here's what I want someone in the room to do today. I want you to, you need to keep asking and not lose heart all right that's what I want to invite you if you're in that season it's okay to wrestle it's okay to even struggle but but keep asking don't lose heart. keep showing up. God is sovereign God is sufficient just keep showing up and see how it'll move. And I want to invite maybe you would come back today. You know, I love that that Paul lets us know when he's got the thorn in his side and he keeps praying, God, take it away. God, take it away. Come on, God. Just if you would get rid of this, I could do so much more ministry. And God makes it clear, my grace is sufficient. Because when you've got that, you can do all things. So here's what we'll do. You guys can stand. We're going to respond and worship here in just a moment. If you have wandered or given up or you're just hurting, I would invite you, man, come back. Let us pray with you. Maybe you want to head over to our prayer wall on your left or in the back. Come find me. I would love to pray. Whatever's on your heart, whatever you're hurting with, I will, I will be right there in the trenches with you. So maybe today you make that decision. I'm stepping back into it because just by getting close to God, he will transform you so much. Um, If you would like to write a prayer, we've got our little pieces of pad and paper. Stick that prayer in the prayer wall and give that up to God. That would be awesome. And if you're in this season where you've been through a tough time and God comforted you in that and now he would use you and your story and your pain to encourage someone else, I, I would just say, just start praying right now. God, how do you want to use me to help someone walking through that season because I am here and I am available. So we're going to sing, and then you take time to respond how you need. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. First, that you're a really great God um, who is sovereign in spite of our roller coaster ride. You're for us, and you're with us, who is so good that when we lean into you, you show up, you love us, you hold us close, you encourage, you make us strong in ways we don't even understand. So I pray for the person in the room going through a really hard season doubting you, that you would let them know that's okay. Hurting, that's okay. I make it kids making bad choices. The sickness is back. God, hold them especially close and help them to not lose heart. God, thank you for the cross. Thank you for your son and the ultimate promise we have in him.